Live free. Mojo 5 Welcome to the Pat Oni Show here on the Mojo Five O Radio. And as you already noticed, I'm sure I'm not Pat Oni. I'm Peter Seraphine, host of the Liberty Lighthouse, another show here on the Mojo Network. And uh, Pat is away for the day, so I'm filling in for him. He allowed me to have the great pleasure of sitting in his seat. So I uh, I'm not really sure what to do here. So one of the things that I've seen recently that I don't generally talk about on my show is uh, some coronavirus news that I found interesting. The COVID-19 is a topic that I generally try to avoid. The Wuhan flu is not welcome at the Liberty Lighthouse. So I thought maybe I'd do a little bit of that talk here and some of the, well, some of the shady stuff that goes along with it. But before I do that, let me give you some contact information. If you are not a a listener of the Liberty Lighthouse yet, you might want this information. If you want to reach out to me and tell me what a horrible job I'm doing here on the Pat Oni Show and don't ever fill in for Pat again, you can can call or text me at 64MYRIGHTS. That's 646-974-4487. Call or text. Or you can go to liberty-lighthouse.com. And from there, you can you know, listen to other Liberty Lighthouse episodes if you like. Um, I do one-minute headline reviews six days a week. So you can get the Liberty Minutes there. Or, like I said, with the phone number, you can uh, message me and tell me never to fill in for Pat again because I suck and Pat's wonderful. Or if you, you actually like me could say that too but just going with the more likely scenario here so coronavirus news lately just in the past week i've noticed uh florida and georgia south dakota i think it's six states now have have no more mask rules so six states out there have have lifted the mask rules desantis down in florida said that uh these mask rules are gone nobody can be fined or cited or arrested or anything like that and they're not coming back i like that wish i could hear that elsewhere i live in the commonwealth of pennsylvania the state of independence where dare fewer governor wolf has uh done his best to keep his iron fisted grip on everything that we do here so i don't expect the mask rules to go away in pennsylvania anytime soon but seeing other states lifting the mask rules gives me a little hope and that also kind of spurred me looking into some stuff which is what's going to end up being what we talk about here at least in the first segment remember was it two weeks ago four weeks ago maybe i don't know my sense of time is messed up but not too terribly long ago the cdc revised some numbers put out some new reports And the new report said that of the now 200,000 people that have died from COVID, that only 6% of them 
died with only COVID and that the other 94% had two or more, on average, 2.6 other comorbid conditions. So that means like 12,000 people have died from only COVID versus 200,000, the number that the mainstream media keeps putting in our face all the time. So, why the huge disparity? Well, Stanley Levy over at the Black Man Thinking Show, also here on Mojo, uh, Stanley Levy spent a couple of episodes talking about the CDC guidelines that came out about death certificates. So, there were two memoranda sent out that told people who prepared death certificates. Let's use pneumonia as the one example. If someone dies from pneumonia, you're allowed, you have to put on the death certificate the cause of the pneumonia. Now, Johns Hopkins University says that there are 30 or more possible causes to pneumonia. 30 causes of pneumonia. But the new COVID-19 death certificate recommendations, death certificate rules from the CDC said that all pneumonia deaths were to be either from influenza or SARS-CoV-2, the corona, corona 19, or COVID-19. Really? So Johns Hopkins says there are 30 or more causes of pneumonia, but the CDC during the Wuhan flu crisis, has declared that only influenza and COVID-19 can be used as causes on death certificates. So what happens to the other 28 or so possible causes of pneumonia? Did they just stop? Did nobody die from any of those other 28 causes of pneumonia recently? Well, that seems unlikely to me. That was from the beginning. That was right after coronavirus started to become a thing and people started to become aware of it. The CDC came out with those rules. Now, here we are months and months later and the CDC changes the death count way it's presented and saying that only 6% were COVID only. Well, this isn't a new thing. Dr. Burks of uh, CDC cautioned, pointed out that we were calculating our deaths differently than the rest of the world. Well, from the beginning, this was back in April. There are other countries that if you had a pre-existing condition, and let's say the virus caused you to go to the ICU and then have a heart or kidney problem, some countries are recording that as a heart issue or a kidney issue and not a COVID-19 death. Um, Right now, we're still recording it. And we'll, I mean, the great thing about having forms that come in and a form that has the ability to mark it as COVID-19 infection, the intent is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that. So that was five months ago. And Dr. Burks was was telling the world that we record things differently. 
So why is the mainstream media constantly trying to tell us that our death toll is ridiculous and we look horrible compared to the rest of the world? Well, there's, the only reason I can think of is fear. They, they want us to be afraid. They want we, the people, to fear this Wuhan flu epidemic thing for some nefarious reason. Hmm. Well, another thing that happened was back in May, uh, reported by Business Insider on May 13th, the headline is, Trump is pressuring the CDC to change its death toll methodology and produce a lower figure. Um, my guess would be that Trump was probably trying to get the CDC to change the methodology to something more like the rest of the world was using. I mean, I wasn't in the room. I don't know that. But that's probably what he was trying to suggest. But the, the media wants to produce it, wants to sensationalize it. They want to print it in the headlines as in Trump wants to lie to the American people so that we're, I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah. Well, there was an interesting study that I just saw recently. I mean, within the last few days. And this also kind of part of why I wanted to talk about this topic. Uh, it has a lot to do with this how everybody else counts deaths. One of the countries that everybody keeps pointing to that had such a low death rate well, they want very strictly by the WHO, the World Health Organization's guidelines as to how to count these deaths. Unlike the United States, we deviated significantly. So the Deacon Herald explained a lot of it about uh, in, in an article. And Singapore in particular, like they, they stayed strictly rigid to the WHO's definitions for classifying the, uh, the, the death rates. And, well, basically, if it was a non-pneumonia death and the person happened to have COVID-19, it does not count as a COVID-19 death. If you died for any reason other than pneumonia, caused by this virus well you didn't die from this virus that makes a whole lot of sense since this virus causes pneumonia therefore in order for the virus to kill you you kind of have to have pneumonia unlike here in america how many stories have we seen about people in you know motorcycle and car accidents that died quote with covid therefore they're in that 200,000 uh, count that the media is pushing on us. Or, you know, we saw the meme on Facebook of the, the shark attack person that died with COVID. I saw a meme recently that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the first person since March to die from something other than COVID. Obviously, it was a joke. But, I mean, it's kind of what it feels like. It's the United States is counting anybody. And, and going back to uh, Stanley Levy's reporting on the CDC guidelines on death certificates, one of the things that science 
and doctors are supposed to do is they're supposed to stick with facts and only report facts, never opinions. Only report things that, they, that can be verified. So in the case of COVID, case of any virus, you would not put it on a death certificate unless you had a positive test result. Well, the CDC here in America instructed doctors to put COVID if it was even suspected that they may have had it. Now, this was back before tests were readily available everywhere. But still, you're violating everything that these doctors have ever been taught. Everything, every rule about filling out one of these reports was violated during this Wuhan flu crisis to get these numbers reported in the way that the CDC wanted them to be reported. So, what does this all mean to we the people? How do we the people sort this out and make any sense out of it? Well, we have to start looking at numbers that either come from other places, not the CDC, or we have to start looking for numbers from the CDC, but not necessarily numbers about COVID and try to decipher the mess that our federal government has created for us as usual. Now, I live right smack in the center of Pennsylvania. I see Amish people almost every day, somewhere, whether it's in a carriage on the road or whether it's working on a construction site or what. I see Amish folk almost every day. Now, if you don't know who the Amish folk are, the Amish are a religious group who completely separate themselves from the rest of, of the world. Well, that's not necessarily true anymore. They don't completely separate themselves from the rest of the world, but they do their best. One of the things about the Amish is they don't have electricity, and they don't have televisions. They're starting to get phones. They didn't used to have phones, but they're starting to allow phones now because they need to be able to compete in the business world today. Anyway, slight sidebar there. I see Amish folk almost every day here in Pennsylvania, and never once have I seen an Amish person with a mask, except for in a store where it's required. I mean, we see what the Amish call the rest of us the English. So we see the English walking around the streets and driving in their cars alone wearing masks. But the Amish only see them in masks in stores that are requiring. They don't see them in a mask when they're on a work on a job site or when they're walking around town or in their carriages. Why is that? Well, I think that might have to do with the fact that they're not infected with the, well, mainstream media virus. Now that I mentioned the Amish and not wearing masks, I haven't heard of a single, not one, case of an Amish person with the COVID-19 disease, the SARS-CoV-2 virus. I haven't heard of a single incident, incidents of that here in central Pennsylvania, the heart of Pennsylvania. Could it really be that it's all about the 
mainstream media virus, not necessarily the SARS-CoV-2, the Wuhan flu. You know what else? I personally have never met anyone who has the virus. Now, I've met some people that say they know some people. I have people on my mail route. Oh, yeah, I'm a mailman. Uh, I, there's a, a couple on my mail route that says that they have a son with the virus, the son who happens to live in New York City. But I have not actually met anyone who actually has the virus in person. I haven't met anybody. Have you? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Back to deciphering. How else can we decipher what's going on in our country? Now, I have not verified this, but Sarah Huckabee Sanders put out a very interesting tweet a few days ago. It said, in 2018, 2.8 million people died in the United States. And in 2019, 2.8 people died in the United States. Almost 2.6 million. But 2.8 people in 2018 and 2019 and so far in 2020, up to September 24th, 2,033,736 people have died in America. So using that, like using those death rates, we are on track to have to end the year 2020 with fewer Americans dead than in 2018 or 2019. So tell me again, how is this virus so deadly if it has actually lowered the death rate in our country? Please, someone, anyone, explain that to me. If you use the WHO's Calculations. If you use their way of reporting, their, their recommendations on how to report and count COVID-19 deaths, you end up with about 86,000 people in America that have died from coronavirus. The World Health Organization, who is supposed to be the darling of the left, if we follow their rules, we end up with 86,000 dead Americans. But nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about why the two numbers are so different. If we use those WHO recommendations and we have a death count of 86,000 in this country, well, you have a bad blue year. Granted, a pretty bad, like a really bad blue year, but a bad blue year. That doesn't scare the crap out of people. Without people being scared, you can't shut down the economy. You can't force people into submission and wearing masks. You can't lock children out of their schools. You can't do any of the things that we've seen over the last five months if you count using the WHO numbers, WHO recommendations, and come up with only 86,000 deaths. Why does anybody want to scare people? I back up a little bit. I have to admit, 
the first month I went along with it. I'm a mailman. I was out every day. I touched, you know, 700 mailboxes. I spoke to countless people every day. And I would come home every day and change my clothes and shower every day. For about two weeks, I did that. It took me about two weeks to go, um, something's fishy here. And then after that, I haven't even washed my hands an extra time, I don't think. I wash my hands when I would normally wash my hands. I don't wear a mask. I don't wash my hands. I don't social distance. And I've been fine. Another thing that was fishy about this was, even from the beginning, nobody ever talked about how to strengthen your immune system. Nobody in the mainstream media, none of these CDC people, talked about how you can strengthen your immune system, things that you can do to make sure that you are not affected by, a, by this virus. You're exposed to trillions of viruses every day. Your body knows how to fight them if it has the right tools, but nobody wanted to talk about that. Instead, they wanted to scare you into submission. Fear is one of the greatest, most effective, Effective motivators in the world. The screw tape letters written by C.S. Lewis in 1942, dedicated to J.R.R. Tolkien, letters from a junior devil to a senior devil. Highly recommend you read those. It talks about how a junior devil uses fear to bring people to hell. Think about that. Don't be fearful without reason, without rationality. Think about it. Make sense of it. If you're still worth, if it's still something worth being afraid of, then fear is warranted. But don't be afraid because somebody tells you to be afraid, or just for the sake of being afraid. Some other people that shouldn't be afraid are the four finalists for this month's uh, Who's Got the Mojo Open Mic Contest. If you're not familiar with the contest, because you know hosts like me have basically not talked about it at all, and I feel really bad about that because it's a really cool thing. So here's what's going on. Mojo is allowing uh, submissions to basically win a spot on Mojo. So we have or one-hour slots open on Sundays. And the management of the station put out a call, and we have narrowed it down to four final contestants. And these four contestants are going to have their shows run on Sundays for an hour for four weeks. So listen to them. Whoever gets well, the most engagement and the most listens, whatever management decides is the criteria. I know the number of listens is definitely so listen to them. Uh, the four shows are, at noon, starting out with Ain't You a Peach. And then at 1 p.m., Room 13. Then at 2 p.m., Tramping Through History. And then at 3 p.m., Damn It with Beaver. So those are the four final contestants for Who's Got the Mojo Open Mic Contest. Now the name of one of those four contests intrigued me. So I reached out to the host of that particular contest, and I'm not going to tell you which one it is, 
but the host of one of those four shows is going to be my guest on the Liberty Lighthouse here uh, just a couple hours at 8 p.m. Saturday and uh, can have a chat and find out what their show's all about and see if the show itself or their description of the show is, is, is as intriguing as the name is to me. So please stick around and listen to the Liberty Lighthouse so that you can meet one of the potential new Mojo Five O hosts and hear four of the potential shows tomorrow on Sunday and let management know. Reach out to Ron at Mojo50.com and tell them which one you like the most. I hear music. So we'll be back in about two minutes on the Pat Oni Show on Mojo 50 Radio. I love American Pride Roasters in the morning. It really gets me off to work. Oh, oh, uh, AmericanPrideRoasters.com. AmericanPrideRoasters.com. December 16th, 1773. And now, what really happened at the Boston Tea Party? What are they doing? They're throwing all the king's tea and coffee into the harbor to protest taxation without representation. Do you think we should stop them? I really like my coffee. Come on, it's not American Pride Roasters. Yeah, that would be a Trebuchet mockery. American Pride Roasters, the choice coffee of real American patriots for over 250 years. That's right. Get yours today at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-741-9557 800-741-9557 That's 800-741-9557 Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. Welcome back to the Pat Oni Show here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. And uh, in case you're just joining us, I'm not Pat Oni. I am Peter Seraphine, host of the Liberty Lighthouse, another show here on the Mojo Five O. My show airs Saturdays at 8 p.m. So you'll hear it in just a little bit if you stick around. And please do. Now, just a couple more things on the coronavirus before we move on to something else. Um, I'm kind of tired of these politicians. A lot of them are the 
Democrat, progressive, leftist politicians, but not all of them. I'm kind of tired of politicians who keep wanting to control this virus. It's a virus. You can't control a virus. You can't control Mother Nature. Mankind cannot control Mother Nature. And any time we have tried, well, it's almost always been disastrous. Look at the L.A. River. That was a brilliant idea, wasn't it? Take this, this twisty, turny, lazy, natural river and turn it into a big, long, concrete ditch. That, that was brilliant of us. But, you know, Army Corps of Engineers, what are you going to do? So that was one thing. You can't control a virus. And we can't keep our country locked down forever until we get a handle on this virus. That's just insanity. And one of the things I wish that President Trump would have said at the debate a few days ago, the first presidential debate, when Joe Biden referred to the 200,000 people, 200,000 Americans that had died, I kind of wish Trump would have brought up how they're counted. I really wish he would have brought up the WHO recommendations and how the CDC here in America chose not to follow WHO recommendations. And that is honestly why our numbers look so much worse than the rest of the world. I, I, I really wish he would have brought that up. But he didn't. I, I really think that could have been a big win for Trump in the debate. At least well, big enough to make people think for a moment for themselves. Which is, well, that's the, the point of my show, anyway, is to use common sense and logic to cut through political fog and hopefully inspire my listeners to think for themselves a little bit. That's my goal. Before we move on, I, I think we should talk about the debates. I know it's been like four days, and you're probably tired of hearing about it, but I want to save my observations. Not that my observations are any better or even any different than anybody else's. I just feel like I should say some things. But before we do that, let's talk about a couple of the Mojo Five O sponsors. Two of my favorite in particular. We'll, uh, we'll start with Patriot Energy. I've got the power! Let me tell you about a new company with values that you can really get behind. Patriot Energy is a new veteran-owned company doing solar the right way. Take advantage of government incentives and, and cut your electric bill by 30 to 40% while buying your own system with no money down. Support a veteran-owned company, help the environment, and save money. Go to patriotenergyaz.org slash mojo50 for an estimate. You have choices when it comes to energy. Let Patriot Energy help you make the right choice for you. PatriotEnergyAZ.org slash Mojo50. Patriot Energy, one of my favorite sponsors of the Mojo50 Radio Network. And that's largely because well, I'm a U.S. Navy veteran, so I like the idea of supporting other veterans. And because who doesn't like saving money? And if, if you can save money while producing your energy in a cleaner, more efficient way and you know save the planet at the same time, 
that's a win-win. Save money and save the, save the environment. So, yeah, everybody, all Patriot Energy, go to patriotenergyaz.org slash mojo50 and uh, fill out the little contact form. They'll call you back, and they'll, they'll build a custom system just for you or design a custom system just for you. And then you get to decide whether or not it's worth it for you. It's the best solar plan I've heard of. Nobody trying to force anything down your throat. And let's see. My favorite, well, the newest sponsor, and also one of my favorites because of its topic, the USCCA. What do you need? I mean, really need to protect yourself and your family. A home security system? A big scary dog? A gun? If you're committed to protecting your family, and we know you are, even a reliable firearm falls short of what you need. To keep your loved ones safe today, tomorrow, and every day, you need access to life-saving resources that will help you survive any threat and the legal battle that comes after. That's why the USCCA gives law-abiding people like you the self-defense training, knowledge, and legal protection they need to help ensure the safety of their family and future. Discover what the United States Concealed Carry Association can do for you and your family by visiting uscca.com slash mojo The United States Concealed Carry Association, brilliant idea. We've all seen what happens when a firearm gets used, even in obvious self-defense. People get arrested, people get fined, people get charged all the time for using a weapon in their own defense. Look at the McCloskeys. They got charged just for standing out front of their house, waving guns around while trespassers marched in front of their house threatening them. But yet the McCloskeys got charged. The USCCA teaches you how to keep yourself out of those situations whenever possible. And then in the fact, in the event that you end up in one of those situations, they help you with bail monies and lawyers and all the things that you need. So highly, highly recommend the United States Concealed Carry Association. Please, if you carry a firearm, you think you might carry a firearm, check them out. All right. Uh, sponsorship duties fulfilled. Let's move on. Now, I, uh, I know you've heard a lot about the first presidential debates, but if you stick around, I'm going to tell you a little bit more. First off, I woke up Tuesday morning and decided that, well, I was pretty confident that the first presidential debate was going to be relatively uneventful. I thought Biden would come out, he'd be coherent, and wouldn't gaff too much, and Trump will come out do basically what Trump does. And I, I really thought that it was going to be completely uneventful and make me angry for having stayed up to watch it. I took a few notes during the presidential debate. And one of the first things I, I saw, was, you know, Trump started out arguing with the moderator, like right off the bat, within the first couple of minutes was arguing with the moderator. Not 
a good way to set a tone, in my opinion. And immediately, it was clear that President Trump was going to use the the uh, the same debate tactics with Joe Biden that he used with Hillary Clinton, that he was going to talk over him and just stick jabs in whenever he could. Well, Joe Biden is a relatively likable, affable guy. Hillary Clinton was not. Part of the reason that I think that worked so well in the the Clinton-Trump debate was because so many people just did not like Hillary Clinton, did not like her voice. Just She was a bad, bad, horrible candidate. But she just her personality Joe Biden doesn't have that same irritating personality quality so I I, I thought wow this this could really this could really backfire on uh, President Trump and uh, I, I just you know, I think he should have tailored his attack a little better and in general like within the first few minutes of the debate, I thought it was already starting to look very childish on both sides. They were both talking over each other and not following the idea of a debate rule. I personally didn't learn a darn thing from that 90 minutes. I'm usually in bed around 9 o'clock that night. So I stayed up an hour and a half later than my normal bedtime and didn't learn a thing from it. I was rather disappointed in the debate. Hopefully, and we have two more left, hopefully we'll get a little better result, a little more, um, I don't know, uh, maybe they'll be a little more effective in the future. Um, I wrote down the same thing I just said a little while ago, you can't control a virus. Joe Biden said about controlling the virus. You can't worry about the economy until you get this virus under control. You can't control a virus. Other things that you know, Joe said that, that immediately got under my skin was Joe uh, talked about eliminating the Trump tax cut. Well, you can call that the Trump tax cut all you want their uh, Vice President Joe Biden. But it was my tax cut. Your side of the political aisle constantly claims that middle class Americans did not receive a tax cut under the Trump plan. That the Trump tax cut only benefited the millionaires and billionaires like him. And I'm here to tell you that I benefited from the Trump tax cut. I make far less than $100,000 a year. I am not college educated. I am firmly middle class America. And I received a tax cut under the tax cut proposed by President Trump. So whenever anybody on the Democrat side of the aisle talks about repealing or eliminating the Trump tax cut, what I hear is you're eliminating my tax cut. You are going to raise my taxes. So you might want to work on that a little bit, Joe, Democrat Party. Um, in that same bit of conversation, that same segment of the debate, 
Joe immediately talked about raising the corporate tax rate back up to 28% instead of 21. And, and uh, Joe, 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 why is economics, basic high school level economics, so difficult for the left side of the political aisle? Corporations do not pay taxes. Period. If you've got a widget that you buy for your house, whether it's food items, whether it's cars, whether it's cell phones, whether whatever, anything that you buy in your home, those items have all come from some corporation. And if that corporation is an American corporation, they paid their corporate income tax. But they took the cost of that corporate income tax, rolled it into the products that they sell. All taxes in America are paid for by the American consumer. If you tax a car manufacturer, they just raise the price of the car. If you tax a farmer, he just has to raise the price of the food. If you raise corporate income tax, you are just simply raising the cost of the end product. There go. We, the people, get screwed. We pay that tax in inflated product costs. I don't understand why the, uh, the progressive movement has such a hard time understanding that basic rule of economics. I mean, like I said just a few minutes ago, I never went to college. I am a high school graduate. So if I know these things, I probably learned them in high school. Why can't these politicians with decades in Congress and multiple college degrees grasp such a simple concept? And the other thing is, how many companies has, has uh, announced that they're coming back to America because of the lower tax rate under the Trump plan? And how many of them already have come back to America or moved wealth from offshore accounts back to America since the Trump plan? I don't have the answer to that, but I know it was quite a few. When, when the tax cut first happened, there were a lot of them in the news. So raising the tax rate you're just going to scare them off again so there go jobs in that same vein Joe Biden claimed more than once during the debate um, that, that President Trump caused the recession that we're in now President Trump caused the unemployment and I don't see that I, I kind of get what he's trying to say that, that somehow President Trump was ultimately responsible, not directly the cause. But he wasn't. The federal government, President Trump's administration, they put out guidelines, mostly from the CDC, as to how to be safe, how to handle the coronavirus. It was governors 
your state governors, your local mayors, your city councils who shut down business, shut down the economy, lost one in six small businesses forever. I'm so happy to see states opening back up. And I hope to God that I never see the government forcing businesses to close like this. This is completely ridiculous. And I can't believe it was even allowed to happen. I can't believe that that courts, like the Supreme Court, didn't step in and say that this is completely unconstitutional and you cannot do this. But unfortunately, they didn't. They struck down little pieces here and there. Here in Pennsylvania, the the gathering limits were deemed unconstitutional recently. Uh, Our rule was 25 people indoors and 250 people outdoors or something like that were the limits on how many people could be together in one place. And uh, a Justice Stickman struck that down as unconstitutional. I was thrilled. But I think a lot more of it is unconstitutional as well. We have just allowed the slow creep trickle effect of, of ever-expanding government to take over aspects of our lives that should never have. So my general feeling from the debate was basically Trump was an obnoxious ass and Biden was the master manipulator of facts and data like politicians usually are. I don't think that that event is going to change one single solitary person's mind in America. I think everybody who was on the Trump side is still on the Trump side. Anybody who was on the the Biden side (laughs) I almost said Hillary. Anybody on the Biden side is still on the Biden side. I I don't think it was a good debate. I don't think it was very useful at all. Um, Poor Chris Wallace. Oh, my goodness. Poor Chris Wallace. He needed a uh, uh, shut-the-beep-up button where he could cut microphones. It got to be absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if he was a bad moderator or... I don't honestly I don't know that anybody could have done a better job without a button to cut the microphones of, of the two candidates. It was ridiculous. And they they both talked over the moderator. They they talked over each other. I just didn't like it at all. It was bad. Um, the other thing that's that's very personal to me as a mailman, the mail in voting thing. Trump missed a good point, uh, missed a good uh, opportunity for some clarification on his stance or what he could possibly do. He was, uh, by this point, it was toward the end of the debate. They had been talking about mail-in voting and absentee voting. And Trump did clarify what he meant by the difference of solicited versus unsolicited ballots. And I completely agree with him in this case. If you asked for your ballot, you're expecting your ballot, it'll arrive and you can send it back. And you can, you know, kind of track the progress of it. But the states that just automatically send ballots out, unless their voter rolls are aggressively scrubbed and cleaned and and you're sure that their voter rolls are accurate, that's a very, very ugly, dangerous thing. And 
that's really what President Trump is worried about. And he did a pretty good job of, of uh, clarifying the difference between the solicited and unsolicited, the, the uh, mass voter mail-in voting versus absentee voting. But when, when the moderator wanted to ask a follow-up question to President Trump, he was asking, but what do you do about the mail-in ballots that have already been sent out? And that is definitely a legitimate question. There are states that have already sent mass ballots out to registered voters. And the question is, what do we do about those? I understand you're against the process, but it's already happening. What do you do about it? And I don't know if Trump doesn't have an answer to that or if Trump was just so frustrated and and worked up by the end of the debate that he just ignored it and talked over the moderator. Or maybe he didn't even understand or hear the question because he kept talking over the moderator. But he missed a good chance there. If he had a plan as to what to do about states that did that, I, I think that would have got a lot of ears perked up, but he missed that opportunity. But in the same line, in that same segment, Biden just completely missed the difference between solicited and unsolicited absentee ballot versus mass mailing ballots. And he ignores that difference. And the progressive left, the Democrats, whatever, the left side of the political aisle has been doing that from the beginning. They have been convoluting or ignoring the difference between a requested absentee ballot and a, hey, we're just going to send you a ballot because you're a registered voter. They keep missing it. And it really looks intentionally. They had, they've been missing it for months and months and months, and I don't think you could do that by accident. But Trump missed, missed an opportunity, and Biden just ignored that distinction, too. That, that particular segment is personal to me. I've spent two hours of my show, uh, once, once in the Liberty Lighthouse before Mojo, and once in the Liberty Lighthouse since Mojo. My very, I think my second episode on Mojo 5 uh, I spent an hour talking about mail-in ballots and why it's a bad idea from the perspective of me a mailman. So this is very personal to me, and I think they both missed huge opportunities to do something in, in swaying people's opinion one way or the other in that particular segment. I do have to say that my favorite moment of the entire debate, my favorite moment uh, from a comic standpoint was, was, uh, was probably a little over halfway and Joe Biden had said something about the manufacturing jobs had gone down under President Trump. And at the moment, at this, the time that he said that, uh, I was watching and the TV had him on a split screen with President Trump on the left, and Joe Biden on the right. And it showed both their faces, clear, present. And he, when Biden said that, Trump's facial expression changed so suddenly, I thought Trump's head was going to explode. It was hilarious. But unfortunately, he got cut off and wasn't allowed to speak on the topic. But it was really funny to see Trump's facial expression change so dramatically, so fast. It was just amazing. It was hilarious. I, I mean, I, I wrote it down as a reminder but not to forget about it because it was so funny. 
So if you can look that up, you really should uh, find somebody. I watched on Fox News, and it had had the two of them side by side at that particular moment. And uh, yeah, it was good. okay. I think that's enough debate stuff. I'm sure you've heard about it for four days now from just about everybody all over the news on TV and newspapers and magazines and podcasts and radio and everywhere else. So that's enough. Uh, but you should check out that that facial expression from Trump. That, that really was hilarious. Another thing you should check out, you should check out Mojo50.com. Mojo50.com, where you can look up the schedule. And if you were to do that and click on the schedule at Mojo50.com, you would see the four new shows, the four contestant shows that are going to play tomorrow, Sunday, on the Mojo, and uh, make sure to listen to those, and when you find one that you like, find your favorite one, make sure to listen to it every Sunday for the next four Sundays, and email Ron, and interact with them as best you can. The show that gets the most listeners and the most interactions that's the show that's going to get their own time slot. So check them out. Ain't You a Peach, Room 13, Tramping Through History, and Damn It with Beaver. And while you're looking at the schedule, you can look for Saturday and see that up next, after this, the Pat Oney Show, you got Defending 2A with Jason Gabray. Then you've got The Bakery, The Hollow Net, and then me again on Liberty Lighthouse, just in case you haven't had enough Peter yet today. That's right. It's Saturday, and rarely do you get double the Peter on a Saturday. So check me out in Liberty Lighthouse at 8 o'clock if you haven't had enough yet. Thank Mr. Pat Oney once again for allowing me to sit in a seat, for reaching out to me and making me feel special by asking me to fill in while he wanted, well, he, he wanted to do something fun, and I'll let him decide whether or not to tell you what fun thing that was that you went off to do this weekend. I've had a lot of fun over the last hour sitting in for Mr. Padoni. I hope you had a lot of fun listening to uh, me filling in for him. If you did, check me out at the Liberty Lighthouse. Also check out my Liberty Minutes. Six mornings a week. News headlines in 60 seconds. You can subscribe to those just about anywhere you find podcasts. Or go to liberty-lighthouse.com and go to the Liberty Minute page and you can pick them up there as well. Listen to my show. You know I like South Park. And South Park just had a pandemic special on the other day. So I'm going to leave you with these thoughts. Here who was taken to the hospital due to COVID. There and Token was actually taken to the hospital because you guys shot him. Yes, due to COVID. If it weren't for COVID, all the previous teachers would have still been here. We wouldn't have been in the class and nobody would have gotten shot. Therefore, the young man is in the hospital due to COVID. <laughs> it's funny stuff. Love how South Park can take what's really going on in the world. Make it ridiculous. Make fun of everybody and everything, including a global pandemic and make me laugh. Hey, until next time, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America.
This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 